1: That's stamps.com. Code program.
2: Hey, WAG listeners, it's Allison, reminding you that this show cannot be made without you. If you've been thinking about becoming a Canada Land supporter, we're having a pretty great sale right now. You'll get premium ad-free feeds of all Canada Land shows, discounts on merch from our store, and exclusive bonus episodes from some of our podcasts.
0: We want to make it as easy as possible for you to become a Canada Land supporter. So from now until the end of May, we have a special offer for our listeners. For $2 a month, you can become a supporter and do your part to ensure we can continue making this show. And we really like
2: making this show for you. Basically nothing costs $2 anymore. You could, like, get a bag of candy, a locker at a public swimming pool. I've been honestly trying to think of something that cheap and I'm not getting far.
0: So sign up for just $2 a month. For the next six months, just go to CanadaLand.com/slash join or click the link in your show notes to become a supporter today.
2: A one and a two and a one, two, three. Hi, Allison. Hey, John L. So voting day is one week from today, the day we're recording this oh Thursday. My and it seems like it has for the entirety of the campaign. Uh most likely that the PCs are going to return to a majority, and Doug Ford will be our premier for another term. That's four year, more years of wag the dog, my friends. Yeah, that, they're on, yeah, <laughs> on that side, yeah. Creating jobs. <laughs> yeah, we weren't
0: sure what we we, we, we hadn't given serious consideration to what we would do in the event, should would he not return to office? Like what if this be, could still be an Ontario politics podcast? What if we saw federal office, would just follow him to that level of government? Would we rotate through BC and Alberta politics? Would that even be entertaining or fun? Or would it would just be, anyway. But don't have to worry about that, probably.
2: Yep. Of course, nothing is certain. And today we're going to talk about some of the possible scenarios that could play out if Doug Ford doesn't get that second majority.
0: Yeah. I mean, we'll also get into some of the environmental promises of the various parties. Personally, I'm feeling guilty for not having done so previously. And uh, also another liberal in a chicken suit. And by another, I mean... There's a weird history of this, and then of course we're going to just like spend more time than necessary looking at uh, what Martin Red, the Toronto Stars Martin Red Khan, and apparently yes, it's pronounced Red Khan, thinks uh, about Doug Ford. Jonathan Goldsby, news editor at Candleland, and the Doug Ford I stepped in is not the Doug Ford I stand in.
2: I'm Alison Smith, publisher of Queen's Park Today, and I thought we'd be talking about Toronto Sun stories this election, not Toronto Star stories.
0: And this is Wag the Doug,
2: a weekly podcast about the Ontario election campaign. So to start off our conversation about what could happen among the results Mm -hmm. of the election, I think the first thing we should probably talk about is Stephen Del Duca, Um, because in my opinion, the most interesting thing to happen in the last week Mm -hmm. is Doug Ford's um, subtle and also sometimes not so subtle kind of almost trolling of the the rival leaders. Um, he's been campaigning in a lot of NDP held seats like Hamilton, Niagara, London, mm-hmm. Fanshawe. I mean, of course, that's not unprecedented for obviously the politicians mm. are going to go to lots of ridings, but it, like it's there's a deliberacy there. Um, and mm. tonight on Thursday night, the night we're recording, he's going to hold a rally in Hamilton. So that's obviously Andrea Horvath's kind of home turf and. Um, on last Sunday, so on the long weekend, mm. uh, Doug Ford basically came out and said, uh, Stephen Del Duca, he's not winning that seat. Simple as that. Uh, you're losing your riding. That's Stephen Del Duca, the liberal leader. He's running in Vaughn Woodbridge, uh, which is a PC held riding. Uh, Michael Tobolo, the associate minister for mental health and addictions, uh, holds that seat. He like thumped, uh, Thomped? Is that a word? Yeah, thumped yeah. is word. Thumped. Yeah, okay. Thwacked. Whacked. <laughs> Trounced. Yeah, he trounced Del Duca. But, thump, but thumped works. Thumped. Or, yeah. All right. <clears throat> he he thumped Del Duca in 2018. In Von Woodbridge, beat him by like 8,000 votes. Nonetheless, Del Duca has decided he's, you know, wants to run there anyways. Again, that like he held a, a similar Vaughn seat for eight years before that. The writings were all kind of reconstituted before Mm -hmm. 2018, so now there's three writings that used to be in the Vaughan writing. They're Mm. all kind of spread out, but they're all held by PCs, um, all held by PC cabinet ministers, actually. And, yeah, I mean, Del Duca could have, you know, I don't think anyone would have judged him very much if he would wanted to run in Don Valley West, for example, like Kathleen Wynne's old riding, even though he lived in Vaughan, he could have, when he won the leadership in the beginning of 2020, he could have gotten Kathleen Wynne again, for example, mm. could have been someone else to stepped down from their seat and he could have run in a by-election in their riding and have held a seat you know yeah, this well, whole time. Well
0: John Torrey also tried to the the, the the leader come from outside in Don Valley West it didn't go very well.
2: And maybe that's why he didn't do it. But yeah either way he's up for a tough fight in that seat and uh, shots were fired by Doug Ford. Doug Ford also went door knocking there. We'll get into that a little bit more but at least one poll that was an internal PC poll that was leaked to the stars says the PCs are up by 10 points in that riding. Um, so there does seem mm-hmm. to be a, a decent chance Del Duca doesn't win a seat.
0: So that was a riding writing held by Greg Sorbera, the dad of Dragonette. And then he stepped down. Then Del Duca got into by-election 2012. And so he's only actually won that seat in one general election, right, in 2014. And then he lost in 2018. So he's really only... Del Duca's definitely one of those people who seems like they've been around forever. And I guess he's, you know, been around Queen's Park for a decade. So yeah, but... it's only
2: six years. You're right. I said eight years before, but you're right, it's six that he actually held office.
0: Yeah, from 2012 to 2018. Yeah, yeah. So like, you know, he's held that seat for, you know, a term and a half, but uh you're trying to get it back. How how much was the the, the thwamping in 2018? 2018 um, Del Duca D- thwamping. D- that probably won't... Well let's see what comes up.
2: Tabolo won by 8,000 votes, which is a lot.
0: Which is a lot, yes. Yeah,
2: in that writing. I don't know exactly how many votes were cast off the top of my head. So basically, I mean, if Doug Ford is to be believed, uh, uh, (laughs) asterisk, then and, and, you know, Del Duca doesn't win next week. Then he has a couple of options. I mean, what's going to depend on, like, I mean, the Liberal membership could ostensibly kick him out. If the Liberals don't pick up a lot of seats and he's seen as a big loser, then they could kick him out and try for a new leader. I don't see a lot of appetite for that. I mean... I think the general consensus is this guy's not that great of a leader, but also they picked him not very long ago and they knew exactly who he was. There's been a lot of talk kind of behind the scenes about this being like a two election strategy for the liberals. They're going to like pick up some seats this time. And then, you know, in 2026, they'll be ready to form government again.
0: Sounds like the sort of thing you say when you know you're going to lose or something's just not going to go well. It's because, no, it's, it's part of a long term strategy. Yeah, it's a absolutely. two election No, strategy. for sure,
2: for sure. Sure. I mean, they obviously had a lot of ground to make up, but at the same time, you know, every riding's a a riding that can be won. So we'll see. I mean, I do not expect them to kick Del Duca out. I mean, maybe if they hmm. end up with the same number of seats they had last time, or like less, that might be a, a reckoning period. But otherwise, otherwise, if he hmm. doesn't win his seat and they do okay say they get 15 seats or 20 seats or something like that then he's gonna have to get a seat like he can't just be a seatless leader for another four years so they're gonna have to try to find a someone to to write yeah someone to resign in for him to run um in a by-election so that would be kind of the the next story but it's not yeah Yeah. it's not particularly inspiring that's for sure
0: so that leads into the question of In the event, unlikely, but still possible that the PCs win the most seats of any party, but not the majority, which is to say that they win fewer than 63 seats of the 124 in the legislature. Mm -hmm. What happens? And if Del Duca wins his seat, does that change things?
2: I mean, what happens then is, I mean, either the NDP or the Greens or the liberals or a couple of them could decide to do what's happening in Ottawa, like the NDP there, back the government mm. and, and let it form a government and then try to hold it to account and, you know, weasel some stuff out of out of the PCs along the way. However, both Del Duca and Horvath and Mike Schreiner have mm. all said they won't support a government led by Doug Ford. So mm-hmm. whether or not they, you know, actually mean that, if it, does it come to a possibility where they would support a PC government, but they have to... the the government has to kick Doug Ford out and put in a new leader. I don't see the PCs doing that to appease uh, Andrew Horvath or no, Stephen
0: Duca. I, mean, pl- I mean, plausibly, if the PCs form government again and you know, don't mean it's not a majority government, they'll do the same thing that you know the federal Liberals have done or had done until recently, which is they'll string along one party or the other. In this case, presumably the Liberals daring them to bring down the government.
2: So in that case, do you think Del Duca goes back on his word to not support a Doug Ford Lloyd government and just does?
0: Yeah, I mean, passively, you're, you know, in the way that you're not voting to bring a government down because they don't really have your confidence, but you're also not necessarily actively supporting them. Um, but I guess the other question, the obvious question is, if the NDP and Liberals and Green Party together have 63 or more seats, what happens then? Do the Liberals and NDP, is it possible for either of them to swallow their pride and support a government in which the leader of the other party becomes premier? I don't know. It'd be is, interesting.
2: It, yeah. I think it'd be fun to follow that uh, as a as a journalist. But yeah, uh, they do not like each other. So, so it'll be tough. Um, we were talking about this before the show. Uh, uh, they could use Green Leader Mike Schreiner as the make him the premier and then everyone uh, he's the leader and everyone backs around him. That'd be great. It's
0: unheard of, but
2: he is less. I mean, as far as I can tell, yeah,
0: neither the liberals nor NDP have any particular animosity towards Mike Schreiner, certainly less than they have towards each other, which uh, would be one way, I suppose, to become a premier by default.
2: And it's also worth adding, like, if the PCs have a minority and the other governments could come together and form a, a coalition against the PCs, if Del Duca doesn't have his seat, that mm-hmm. clearly puts Andrea Horvath, like, Leaps and bounds ahead. And I think that could be like the only way, maybe, that she doesn't get kicked out as leader like on election night.
1: When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.
0: So I- I've long said that like the, the opinion pages of Canada's Daily newspapers can't really withstand the scrutiny of actually being read. Case in point, on Tuesday, the big splash on the front page of the Toronto Star, the evolution of Doug Ford featuring a photo of a beaming Doug Ford signing what appears to be a T-shirt that he's holding on top of what appears to be a vehicle roof. In an exclusive interview, Tory Leader discusses how governing has changed him. By Martin Red Cone. It's always very, as as some, as a political journalist, it's always very tempting to write the story about someone's growing or evolving. They're learning because that's what you always want. You want to kind of, you know, you, you want to encourage. You want to have some sort of
2: well, you want an arc. positive reinforcement. Yeah, you want an
0: arc. Yeah. And you want to have some positive reinforcement. And yet sometimes to impose that sort of narrative on a candidate or a campaign really involves consciously or unconsciously forgetting <laughs> their entire history up until now. <laughs> I mean, this is like the, I mean, you know, relax, Doug Ford will be fine. This is like, relax, Doug Ford is fine or has become fine. So so in the, in the column, basically, Martin Red Cohn went out and camping, basically went out, was given exclusive access to go Followed Ford around as he door-knocked in um, uh, Michael Tibolo's writing that old Stephen Del Duca is trying to Recapture,
2: And I so, think there's also just to add a bit oh, yeah, of emphasis of to this point is that Doug Ford hasn't done any interviews with anybody in months, right? So this, oh, yeah. it, like when they call it an exclusive, like it really is because Ford has been barely taking media questions, barely engaging with anybody mm-hmm. at all. So I think that adds um, a level to myst- of mystique to the story because, like, yeah, they gave it to the star and this is, like, the only one we're going to get.
0: So here's a passage. On the street or in televised debates, he knows his audience. But he now owns up to the complexities of government unlike the simplistic slogans he popularized in 2018 like buck a beer and for the people. Four years later, the campaign slogan has also grown up with a more concrete message. Get it done. They just love this get it done. They just want to get it done, he exalts. <laughs> It goes on to sort of explain that "get it done" alludes to building highways, but the the the, the mental contortions one has to undertake to convince themselves, let alone convince themselves enough to commit it to writing on the front page of a newspaper, or at, this is probably after the flip, but, but to convince themselves that "get it done" has some sort of complexity and nuance and is somehow a more concrete promise than "buck a beer." or for the people, and it is not, in fact, a simplistic slogan. I mean, it's kind of an immaculate piece of writing.
2: I'm kind of glad they uh, unpaywalled a, a Martin Redcon. I'm assuming this was unpaywalled since everyone read it, so that lots of people... Did
0: they actually read it, though? There's well... just like gasped at it. Like, what the fuck is this?
2: But the I'm thing just is... saying, I read his columns all the time, because uh, I just have to read everything that comes out of Queen's Park News, and I... Uh, <laughs> hmm. How do I say this generously? I'm, I'm not a fan of his particular writing style or his flair for alliteration. <laughs> it's not my cup of tea. And I'm, I'm, I just like the other people seeing how f- freaking annoying it is. <laughs> is <laughs> cozying up to power
0: a writing style or is that more just a way of life?
2: Yeah, I mean it's not just I just his writing style is also annoying. It's sort of double. Um I totally agree with what you said about the the get it done part because he's you know he says that That Doug Ford now understands the complexities of government, and it's not just buck a beer. But then he goes on to write about what Doug Ford's telling people at their doorsteps, and it's all just cut the gas tax, which is buck a beer. Like, it's the exact same premise. Um, It's not a sophisticated policy by any means, any more so than buck a beer is. So, eh? I think it's interesting he says that he's not far right or far left. Honestly, I'm always fiscally responsible, but I'm right down the center. Um, I mean, that's what I don't know. It's interesting that he says that. I don't think he's said that before. Identified himself as a centrist politician. Yeah. Um, <sighs> Well, I don't he, think
0: he... He, he's he 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 casts himself as convenient or sometimes it previously in reference to Rob is like, oh, Rob's really a lefty at heart, which is nonsensical things like that. This might actually be that might be the first time he's used the term center. But it's, you know, it depends on who he's talking to. He wants to be, you know, it's the basically he wants to be liked. He will tell people what he thinks will ingratiate him the most.
2: And I'd say just, like, on the quotes that, that that Martin got, I guess my question is, if you can't get Ford, and, you know, maybe this isn't the journalist's fault and this is just how Ford is, but, like, if you follow him around for the afternoon, get this exclusive interview, and you can't get him to say a single thing he wouldn't have said into a microphone on the debate stage or, like, in a news mm-hmm. conference, like, is that a useful interview? And, I mean, obviously there's only you know so much a journalist can do to try to get quotes but like all he's saying is i've evolved i've evolved absolutely 100 percent. you evolve into your role he says the word fiscally responsible the phrase fiscally responsible twice he talks about i love getting out of the queens park bubble like this is just the same shit he says every day so it's like you really even have to work hard to make a story out of the fact you walked Mm -hmm. around with a guy who's just saying the same shit he always says right So a really big storm hit Ontario and Quebec uh, last weekend. It killed 10 people. There are lots of places across the province that do not have power, uh, particularly in Ottawa still on Thursday. So a pretty big natural disaster, which seems to be the only thing that prompted a, a slight conversation about climate change on this campaign trail. Here's what Doug Ford had to say when he was asked about making Ontario and its buildings Uh, more resilient to things like giant-ass thunder and hailstorms.
0: One of the worst examples uh, of pollution, go stand on the bridge of the 401 and watch bumper-to-bumper traffic. That's why we're building roads and bridges and and highways to get people home quicker that, uh, you know, they they don't have to sit in gridlock and smell someone else's fumes. Yeah, it's kind of, it's remarkable because when that clip circulated around. It's like, here's Doug Ford giving an answer to a question about climate change. But I mean, yeah, as Al said, what's remarkable is that he's not just being asked about climate change generally. The, the question specifically was like, is his party promising anything in the way of programs or funds to help make buildings and infrastructure more resilient to the increased frequency of storms in the future since the Liberals and NDP and Greens all have that. So amazingly, his answer here is even... It's ridiculous on its own, and it's even more removed from the question than you would guess.
2: Right. So he's suggesting that to understand what pollution is, and I guess by extension, what climate change is that causes these storms, although he got in trouble for saying from Stephen Del Duca for saying this was a once in a lifetime storm when like clearly not. There's been a lot of flooding and various uh, forest fires and, and bad stuff happening in Ontario and lots of other parts of the world in the past decade because of um, c- because of climate change. Um, his thing as well, it's bumper to bumper traffic, that's to blame. And of course, traffic is to blame. But it seems like his understanding is like not Yeah, no, This isn't even climate change. It's just that someone else's fumes, which is like such an anti, you know, this is like the anti-socialness of driving that people talk about, right? It's like mm-hmm. everything you do is fine, but it's the, other people's fumes Mm -hmm. and the other people clogging the roads that's Mm -hmm. like the problem and you know this is all part of his get it done we're going to build the highway 413 argument and as long as we get cars moving faster then everything you know the economy's great things get delivered and i guess uh we build some electric vehicles at some point and maybe within a decade lots of these cars are are electric but i mean not anytime soon um and It's going to take a decade to build the highway anyways. I don't know. It's hard to analyze this because it's so far removed from anything that...
0: (laughs) I mean, to hear the word climate in the question, and the word climate does come up in the question. And so it's like someone pressed the climate button on this talking Ford doll, Mm -hmm. and he gave... His answer to here's like general environment things. But it's, of course, not even environmental. It, as I said, it's not, it's right, it's extra like funny. It's not even environmental.
2: Yeah. yeah, they're littering day. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like climate change and pollution is what you can see in your face that you find gross.
0: Yeah, the, that's it. The, the inability to... I mean, that's what makes... Climate change is such a a virtually intractable problem around the world is the inability to conceive of systems and of abstract and to conceive of things in the abstract, which has never been his strength, like abstract conceptualization of problems, let alone abstract conceptualization of government's unique ability to provide and create solutions. But yeah, going back right back down to yeah, the individual of how for years his entire conception of Transit is based on the experience of driving along Dundas and getting having to stop behind streetcar But Yeah, it just—I don't know. I mean, like, is, is the, does this sound like someone who is evolved or who has learned? I mean, I guess he's not telling people to fuck off, so I guess that's that's something. But like, uh, I mean, also,
2: I mean, he keeps saying in that column how fiscally responsible he is. I think the argument that the, the, the can make a pretty good argument that building the Highway Four Four Thirteen is not fiscally responsible. We have no idea how much it's going to cost. It's going to cost billions and billions of dollars. The liberals had considered this highway back when Stephen Del Duca was the transportation Mm -hmm. minister, and they had commissioned a third-party study because they kind of wanted to build it. But they decided to do a study, and it found that it would only save 30 seconds each direction Mm -hmm. um, on travel time if they built this highway. And they were like, okay, no, we're not going to do that. And maybe they were like... I don't know, financial things. They didn't want to spend the money on it, too. They probably had other reasons. They like decided no, but that was the one they kind of stuck to, and it got shelved. And then Mm. Doug Ford spent most of his time in office, honestly, not even talking about it. And it just kind of started slipping into the conversation in the past two years, I guess, until they let it slip that that's what they were going to do. And the PCs say they have some report that says it's going to save 30 minutes each direction, which... Is I feel like that's virtually impossible, um, given that it's only 58 kilometers long or something like that. And of course, the PCs won't show anyone this report or this evidence that, that proves this. So ultimately, we're, you know, having this campaign, honestly, about like that's the wedge issue of the campaign is this highway because it's the one thing the PCs are so proud of and that the, the, all the other three parties say they won't build, um, you know, for environmental reasons mm-hmm. on, on a long part because it's going to pave over the green belt and, you know, encourage more driving instead of transit.
0: I mean, 413 is such an abstract thing, but it's always fun to pull up the map and be like, what, what the hell is this? It goes like from just above Wonderland off the 400 west through areas I can't even conceive of. It's like
2: Bolton and Caledon and King City and yeah, some if other you, places if you consider that are the f- mostly farmland. If you would like to
0: travel from Vaughn to Georgetown and consider the 407 to be inconveniently south, this is the road for this you. This is the highway
2: for you. I mean, that's the thing. And the PCs have also... In the lead up to the campaign, if you talk to, like, any PC insiders or whatever, like, they're like, this is the issue. Voters love it. Like, this is why they're going all in. This is why there's a highway on their budget. Like, it's polls so well. And, like, I do believe that on, like, Nick Kuvalis' polls that we've talked about before that people say they like like the concept of a new highway. But other polling during the campaign has shown that it's, like, pretty s- milk toast support for it. Because if you don't live... You know, in that exact specific area that this highway is going to be near, it's not going to do much for you, and it's not exciting, right? Like, it's just I mean, a stupid road through Kaladin.
0: It's having a concrete thing. It's having like a literally concrete thing to present to voters, right? It's similar to, I guess, if you look at how John Nickol very successfully ran John Tory's first campaign on the notion of smart track. Mm-hmm. It's having it's having a solid object it's not about running on ideals or values obviously there are values underlying all you know underpinning all of this but it's about it's about having like a specific thing if you elect me this will have this specific thing will happen regardless of whether that specific thing will happen i it's 2022 smart track is is not a, a thing still um
2: and i mean okay like we give the pcs a bit of credit is like they do have a huge transit plan that is moving forward like we are going to get an ontario line and they are campaigning on that too like they're trying to even out their highway thing with like yeah we're spending 26 billion on transit so, you know, that is there. Um, yeah. I mean, what else to say? Like I said, all of the other opposition parties say they want to cancel it. Del Duca specifically says he wants to cancel it and spend the money to, like, repair schools, which, like, fine. Um all of the other parties have, like, more detailed climate plans than the PCs, which, like, virtually don't have really any. The NDP have a, a green new democratic deal. It's what they call their climate plan. It proposes 100,000 green jobs, preserving lots of green space. I don't know. It's, like, a it's, lot of the—it's, there's. It's like, tinkering around the edges. Like, both the NDP and the liberal plan really just remind me of, like, what the Kathleen Wynne liberals were doing for climate change for— five six years ago it's not and yet we used to have a lot more smog days and we'd almost never have any now <laughs> so it's i feel like well that's because they got rid of the coal plants
0: oh i know coal plants and think of be emission standards right but like what i'm saying because i'm saying is like what they were doing did have effect. it did have impacts so. i mean whether that had to the extent to which that uh, impacts climate more more generally is another question but i'm saying what they were what they were doing to an extent like to, to I mean, obviously, once again, weather is not climate, but uh, that was working in that um, regard. I mean, we yeah, do-
2: It's true. And, I, and there was obviously tons of opposition to closing coal plants. And now, mm-hmm. certainly at this point, no one's complaining about it. Uh, no one's like, damn, I wish we had some coal plants. But, I mean, the other ne- kind of, I think, the next frontier of this conversation is going to be natural gas. Mm-hmm. Because, well, Del Duca says he wants to put a moratorium on any more natural gas plants. Natural gas plants have gotten the liberals in trouble uh, in the past, but we don't need ha- have time to get into that. But like we are going to have a bit of a power crunch in Ontario pretty soon because they have to decommission the Pickering nuclear plant and eventually the Darlington nuclear plant. And those are what give us all our energy. And right now we use natural gas like we think of natural gas as just something that heats our stuff, which it does, but it also is used to generate electricity. So some of our electricity, and I think eventually more of our electricity, once these nuclear plants are gone, is going to be made out of natural gas. So, Mm. you know, our cleaning of the grid, you know, getting rid of the coal plants was a big part of it, but there's a lot of problems on the horizon. I guess I just, you know, the Liberal plan and probably the NDPs too, I don't know. The NDPs is very long uh, to read its many, many pages. Um, but they they want to put a tax or a levy uh, on industrial greenhouse gas emissions creators. So m- make sure industry is producing less gas because they, they don't need to necessarily talk about a carbon tax anymore because we have a national carbon tax. Mm-hmm. So that's just already here for consumers.
0: You know, I think the NDP wants to Basically you no, know, they they want to supplant the federal one. One with a
2: cap and with, trade program?
0: Oh uh, yeah, with the strong with something
2: stronger. Okay. The couple of it's... the things that stick stick out to me I'll just say is like the Liberals plan, for example, and I think the NDP has a variation of this too, but the Liberals want to give three thousand dollars a year to homeowners and businesses a year, so not just once, every year get $3,000 to do home retrofits that are like environmentally friendly. So like replace your windows, so less air leaks. And like that to me just feels like a vote buying thing to homeowners and does it not? I don't know. It could be,
0: it could be, it could be both. Um,
2: It could be both. I don't know. It's just, I, I find that kind of policy annoying personally.
0: Yeah, that's as someone who doesn't own property. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I I certainly I certainly understand. Um, But you know, it's like reading fan fiction. You kind of get sad reading these platforms, knowing that they were probably written by people who were quite also quite aware that their party is not likely to win the most seats in the coming election. Yeah, it reminds you of how much government does and could do. (laughs) <laughs> the extent to which governments could be uh, enlisted to actually improve, you know, try to mitigate climate change to actually improve people's lives. And yet, um, these are likely to be forgotten a week today or a week tomorrow. <laughs> it's good stuff. <laughs> it clearly is written in earnest and with some degree of thought, though various different sections have more or less degree of thought. And it's kind of sad to read. It's like, ugh. It never comes down to this, but I'm glad someone's done the exercise of sketching out what a better future could look like. I mean, I like. I think the NDP has the phrase like the future can be hopeful. Um, oh, I yeah, think
2: Horvath's been saying that a variation of that on the campaign trail a lot.
0: Yeah, I like that. It's better than like the future is hopeful. The future will be hopeful. The future can be hopeful. It's like the future could be hopeful. It's like there could be hope. I, I, I appreciate the honesty of that. Um,
2: yeah. Well, we'll always have anti-littering day.
0: And now it's time for the 413, the part of the show where we rate various election ephemera on a scale of 1 to 413. 1 being the lowest and 413 being the most 413 of the numbers.
2: So the liberals and the NDP have been releasing a series of attacks against PC candidates and PC policies to try to make a dent in the party's lead. We're just going to rate a bunch of those attacks today. Sure. Okay. So one. Doug Ford was in Paris Sound, Muskoka, on the weekend, campaigning with one of his candidates. He uh, said offside that the Muskoka, the North, was his second home because of his cottage there. He didn't mention his cottage, but he said, "This is my second home." The NDP decided to send out a press release attacking this, saying uh, it came from Timmins MPP and candidate Gilles Besson, and he said, "No, Doug, a cottage in Muskoka does not make you a northerner." What do you think? Good attack. One to four thirteen. Uh, well, it depends on what
0: depends on the the full original sentence. They in the press release they ignored the north. Dot dot, dot. This is my second home. Now, presumably, he was actually calling and Muskoka as the north. That's an excellent attack because it is a beautiful and perfectly dubbed Doug Ford contention that this area region that is to people who have a degree of money is effectively in a northward northern extension of Toronto. The, the idea that that is northern Ontario is very funny. Does it merit a four-permiss press release? Yes, I would say it does. Uh,
2: $3.50. I don't know. The whole thing just made me want to go to Muskoka and swim in a lake. So it made me kind of sad to have to think about that on the long weekend. 102. Muskoka's overrated. There are bugs. Number two. The NDP sent out a release talking about PC incumbent Ross Romano, who represents the Sault Ste. Marie riding. His riding association has been paying $300 a month for his Toronto parking spot. They also say Ross Romano doesn't actually live in his writing of Sault Ste. Marie. Um, His family moved Mm -hmm. to Sudbury in 2019 for his wife's job. Queen's Park Today did a reporting on Mm -hmm. this um, last year. A long story short... Ross Romano seemed like he kind of just lived in Toronto while his wife lived in Sudbury, but they would go to Sault St. Marie on the weekend sometimes. But he would always fly in and out of Sudbury back to Toronto, which was the kind of a controversial part. Yeah. Um, But he says he lives there now. I guess the interesting thing is whether or not the people of Sault Ste. Marie that seemed to be quite aware of the fact that he didn't live there um, during a period of time, whether or not they're mad enough about that to defeat him, he did only won by a squeak last time. So I feel like the parking spot attack was just kind of a way to get to this yeah. other attack. But what's your rating? Just,
0: um, what would I rate this? Oh, this an attack. Because of the emphasis on the parking spot, oh, it gets certainly docked. I'd say about 237.
2: Okay. I'm going to go 149 because, yeah, I think if you really wanted to rile people up in Sault Ste. Marie, you'd be talking more about how he didn't really live there. Try to find better proof or more proof and not talking about the weird parking spot. Number three. This is a video the Liberal War Room put out on Wednesday. Let's watch it. For those who can't see, that is a video of someone in a yellow and red chicken suit standing outside. I can't tell whether it's grease, green screened or not. Parts I think are, but parts maybe not. Yeah, it looks like it's a mix. It was a bit of a mix. Yeah, anyways, he's outside uh, Doug Ford's uh, campaign office, outside Mark Saunders' is campaign office, which, still weird, he's running for uh, MPP. Various other ones uh, doing a chicken dance, and I guess the insinuation is supposed to be that the These PCs are uh, chickens because they will not show up to all candidates debates, which uh, PC candidates have been dodging throughout the campaign um, in hopes that they don't say none of their candidates say something dumb uh, that becomes a story. So they've just not been going to debates. Therefore, they are chickens. What do you think? It's transparently desperate. It's the
0: same stunt that uh, the George Smithman campaign tried on Rob Ford when he wasn't showing up for Things as in fact it seems to be the exact same chicken suit, which either suggests that the Liberal Party owns one, or more likely they rented it from Malabar. You can actually find the suit on their their website. So I uh, I'm in favor of giving business to local businesses, uh, Ontario well, companies, costu-
2: costume, rep- yeah, I mean I do I
0: don't, yeah, exactly. I don't imagine there's many other opportunities for that. Uh, they could have also gone with Cartoon Cat not a chicken. Not a chicken or the next mascot on the list is donkey, <laughs> which probably doesn't get rented out here as much as it does in the states. Uh so as far as an attack goes, oh this, this is brutal. Not brutally effective, but brutally it's desperate. It's it's um yeah. one of those things that's, you know, uh, gives a lot more insight into the mindset of the person doing it. Not not, not just that it's juvenile cuz yeah, of course it's juvenile, that's the point. But that is just It's like, oh, this is where they're at. That's sad. So out of 413, probably rate it 26.
2: Mm, I'm going to go nine.
0: Mm. It sucked.
2: I don't think that made anyone think that the PCs were chickens. That's for sure. Um, Okay, one more. The liberals sent out a press release titled Ford Conservatives Doing Nothing to Stop Brazen Carjackings at Gunpoint. (laughs) This is uh, Stephen Del Duca on The Long Weekend. He went to the Cineplex uh, in Etobicoke where some Toronto Maple Leaf guy was carjacked and he wanted to call out the Conservatives' indifference to the spike in handgun crime. So basically he was taking a story that was in the news uh, a high-profile carjacking and blaming it on Doug Ford weirdly and also saying we need to make handguns illegal, which is something that the 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 liberals have been campaigning on, but also weirdly not talking about very much. Yeah. What do you think? Doug Ford caused the carjackings.
0: Well, I mean, at some point in his life, that may have been true. Uh, Right now, however, um, (laughs) right right now, however, um, the fact they're going both the chicken suit and the law and order, like not just law and order, but law and order fear mongering, I don't know how the liberals organize it, if they just have different tabs in a binder, or if they have separate binders that are color coded for various degrees of desperation, <laughs> or if they have code names for the different levels. But it's just like, oh God, they really don't have. They're, they're running out on of fumes, idea. if oh, you will. <laughs> running, running on fumes. I give this 34.
2: Uh, I'll write it a bit higher. I'll give it like 95. Oh, okay. It, It got Del Duca in the news on the long weekend, which is a thing he presumably wanted. It made me a little more scared of carjackings than I really wanted to be, so I don't know if that is a a feature or a bug of that. Probably a feature, Uh, so maybe it worked. I don't know, I'm scared of guns. (music) Was Bag the Doug a show about chicken suits and a changed man in changed times this coming Thursday is election day Allison
0: and I will be heading out to wherever it is that the PCs will be having their event probably the Toronto Congress Centre if it's anywhere else it'll fucking blow my mind uh, and then we'll have a show for you on Friday
2: I'm Allison Smith and you can find me on Twitter at at Queen's Park today
0: I'm Jonathan Goldsby and you can find me on Twitter at Goldsby
2: our producer is Kevin Sexton our managing editor is Kieran Oudshorn and our theme music is by Nathan Burley
0: our podcast is listener supported. Right now, Candleland is offering a special limited time offer, three dollars for three months of premium feeds for all of our shows. Mm-hmm. Just go to Candleland.com slash join.